The Rice to Ricky Sanchez podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook by using promo code RTRS and brought to you by Mortgage CS. Become a Mortgage CS Ricky VIP by going to mortgagecs.com slash Ricky. Big Barker, therapeutic dog beds. Get yours at bigbarker.com slash Ricky. And stateside, Urban Craft Vodka, the official sponsor of the Corner 3 newsletter with Zoe. Subscribe at rightstorickysanchez.com slash newsletter and get your Surfside iced tea and vodka at statesidevodka.com. On the show today... Welcome, Mo Bamba. That's oh, yeah. right. Mo Bamba joins the Ricky. We talked to him about everything. We talked to him about playing against Joel, his relationship with them, about Nick Nurse, playing with Joel. And, of course, we talked to him about the J.J. Reddick podcast. We got him. Yes, where he heard the story about the person in a cage. So, uh, great with Mo. So... We will thank you in advance to Mo, which you will listen to in a second. I uh, almost, I almost asked him how many, fo- few, how many former Sixers has he played with in Orlando? Because Orlando is like this is the spot yes, for former Sixers. It is. We were getting into your James Ennises and your Chase and Randalls and your Iggy Brasdikas. I was deep. Randall. I was ready to go, but I was like, you know what? Let's not let's not make him forget some teammates next time. Next but time. I have it, so we know. If you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe. We'd love to get to 12,000 subscribers and we do the pod live every time. Turn on notifications and subscribe. Stateside Urban Crab Vodka. I mentioned Stateside. Boy, Surfside. I've mentioned it's blowing up up here now, closer to New York. It's everywhere. Surfside is taking over. And the reason is people ask me, why is this so successful? It's because it's good. That's it. It's because it is better than every one of its competitors out there. It is only a couple grams of sugar. It's only a hundred calories, but most important, it tastes awesome. Surfside iced tea and vodka. It's the best tasting one. It is the right amount of sweetness, just sort of lightly sweet and no carbonation because iced tea should not have bubbles. Go to statesidevodka.com. You got to be 21. You can get all the flavors there. Get yourself a variety pack. Bark in the Park is the Providence Animal Center annual 5K that we do a team for. We love to raise tons of money. We've raised 6,400 bucks so far. We want to get to 15,000. The goal is to have 100 members. We're, I said we're at 6,400 bucks, 35 members. Please, if you want our special t-shirt, which is a sick shirt, make sure you join the team by the end of the weekend. There is a link in the description of this podcast. Um, oh, and thank you to our uh, the sponsors of our team this year, Briggs Auction, LL Pavorsky Jewelers, Mortgage CS, and DraftKings. That's it. Without any further ado, Marion Hill covering Amos and the Chef. We were right, y'all. We were right. Even when it went wrong, we were right. We were right, y'all. We were right. So say the name. We were right, y'all. We were right. Even when it went wrong, we were right. We were right, y'all. We were right. So say the name. So say the name. So say. Mo Bamba, welcome to the podcast. Appreciate you guys having me, Spike Mike. So, so here we are, a few days before media day and training camp with a new team. I remember what it was like to go to a new school or start a new job 
where everybody's there and everything's new. Do you get like the the new school, new job butterfly things before before you start? Yes and no. Yes, because this is the first year that um I'm gonna be going into a training camp with a, a new team besides my rookie year, obviously. Right. Um and no, because we've we've done so much stuff in preparation for training camp. Like I really feel like we're gonna run and walk into training camp knowing a lot of of, of coaches' sets and knowing like kind of like scheme and everything because we we got a head start on this thing. We've been we've been together as a unit for the most part since early August. Were there uh players that like you didn't know? That you've uh, never like really like interacted with that you that you got close with over the last month or so? Yeah, a ton. I mean, that's that's the the essence of the NBA. Um, you get to learn and, and, and kind of evolve with with new players as you as you go on. Um, but but yeah, I've been around a lot of the uh, new guys recently. Are you so training? So media day is specifically like you're going to get asked. Everyone's going to get asked the same question. Oh yeah. Uh, a bunch of times, probably, and <laughs> until maybe you give an answer that uh, people feel is satisfactorily uh, contenty enough. Yep. Um, are you working on cliches like you guys t- going around being like, "Okay, here's what we're gonna say. Here's like something that doesn't get us in trouble." Yeah, we're, How, we're gonna. Is there talk about that? Yeah, we're we're I'm slowly, you know, planning some uh, some roots. Or uh, the Jaden Springer is now six nine. <laughs> I love that. That's good. He's in the tallest shape he's ever been. Is that he's, in the, he's in the tallest shape that he's ever been? Every every off season we see like, oh, this guy is is grown four inches or this or that, but it kind of dies out during you know after the first three games of the regular season. But but no, to answer your question, where we we don't get together and we don't we don't come up with crazy things to you know get the media kind of salivating. Well, you, you, you had said you, you've been around everyone for about a month now. It is okay. So from our perspective, yeah, the only thing that we see since the end of the season and really since June, and the only thing that we talk about, not only thing, but, but mostly is like, it's hard and 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 like constantly all the time. Yeah. I wonder when you're with all the guys, how much of that for us, it, it seems like that's all, all the the only thing that we ever hear about for you how much does that issue cloud and how much is it a part of your time with the guys listen i'm new here so <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of hard to gauge like you know how much yeah. you know how how awkward it was or wasn't before or after yeah. but i will say like for the most part everyone everyone respects you know kind of what his decision is um, obviously we all want him back. That caliber of a player can take a team from, from good to great, you know, just by presence. Yeah. Um, but you know, nice try on the hard question. <laughs> <laughs> He's already well, ready. He's media day ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. Nice try. Yeah. Nice try. So I heard Jaden Springer is six, nine. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what? So you and Joel have worked out together for a long time, right? Um, We've seen a lot of videos with you and Drew, you guys and Drew Hanlon working out together. What is it? What was it like um, first in those off seasons going at Joel and Joel going at you? And then what does it feel like now, like going to be his teammate? I'll tell you this. I had no idea. Looking back at it now, I had no idea what I was kind of getting myself into. 
Um, just, you know, it's just the newness of it, you know, yeah. you're thinking like, all right, this guy is at the time, you know, this guy is, is an all-star. Um, I want to be an all-star. I want to be this. I want to be that. So let me, you know, go at him and do this and that. Um, I'd say the first off season, it was more of like, I want to go at him as opposed to, I want to learn from him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as the years went on, as you mature, you realize like, no, this, this, a lot of the stuff that this guy is doing is working. So let me take a page out of his book. So let me, you know, try to emulate as much as possible out of his book. Now, granted, Joe gets the ball every play on a block. Uh, I, I don't, <laughs> you know, um, but you want to kind of work within the system and you kind of work, kind of want to work with things that, that I do while I'm out there that we both do. Um, that way I can learn because me going out there and working on, you know, his patent fadeaways and his patent dream shakes doesn't make any sense if I'm not catching the ball on the block and, and doing the same exact thing. Is that, is that hard to, is that like a hard truth to learn because you're obviously one of the best, like 200 basketball players on earth. And you're saying like, this guy gets to do stuff that I don't get to do. Uh, yes, yes and no. Um, yes, because at the end of the day, it's basketball. You go out there and you want to have fun and you want to just go out there and just try different things that, you know, you see, um, and no, because part of growing up in the game is realizing everyone's running a different race, you know, just because he's doing this and, and I'm doing this doesn't mean that, you know, he's far ahead or I'm far behind or whatever. It's just a matter of trying to learn as much as possible in different areas so I can be solid. You think you can play with him at the same time? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I very, very, very different players. Um, but my time in Orlando, I think my second, not this last season, but the season before, I played a lot of four or five, like hybrid four or five. Um, and it called Wendell. for a lot of yeah, with Wendell. Um, and it called for a lot of different situations that I've been in the previous three years. Um, obviously I think we, we have the liberty of having one of the most creative coaches in the league in Nick nurse. And I definitely think there is definitely room for us to, to play together out there as long as, you know, as long as you're ready to shoot that ball when it comes to you, cause you know, the double's coming. What did it look like when you were, okay. So I, I, I see that as far as like you going, like this guy's Joel Embiid, I'm going to go at him. Mm-hmm. What did that look like from you? Were you starting to, because he's obviously an incredible offensive player and defensive player, um, and he's known to take things personally as well. So if he, I'm sure he could feel you trying to prove yourself to him. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, what, what did that look like and what, what conversations came, came from that? Oh, and, those, and those, I think, what was it, the clip that, we, that, uh, that Drew put out um, with myself, Joe, and, and Jay and Jason, um, it was just, you guys didn't see it, but there was just so much shit talking behind the scenes, like so much. And it's, to be honest, like it's a real intimate, like situation where like, it's, it's you and five other people in the gym, you know, but it feels like there's 20,000 people in the gym because that thing called pride and that thing called heart <laughs> comes into play, you know? I would take that so personally right away. Super personal. Super personal. I would be like, if if he's talking, if Joel's talking trash to me, I would so easily be like, this is so mean. Like, I (laughs) don't have it in me at all to trash talk. I I mean, I look, I play hard. Don't get me wrong. But Mike, uh, Mike, another another thing is, is it's one on one. It doesn't get much more personal than one on one, you know? Yeah. So 
so you go, you're a, a, a top pick, like, you know, um, a lot expected of you. What was, I imagine you had a vision for yourself, you know, going into the draft, you get picked, you see your career, you see your trajectory. And then, then you have to play and you're in the NBA and your trajectory likely changes from what you imagined. So I guess what, what, what did you imagine? And then what was the emotion of the trajectory not going the way that, that no matter how you imagined is probably never going to go like it, but what, what is that going through it where it doesn't work out exactly the way that you thought it was going to? Man, if you would have asked me in high school what, what my first five years in the league was going to look like, I would have been like, yeah, five-time finals MVP, yep. <laughs> foreign title leader, this, that, and the third. Um, but no, every every rookie comes in thinking like, I'm, I'm going to get mine, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's just the wrong kind of mindset to have, especially when you're getting into a team, especially when you're, when you're going into a team that, that's kind of, in my situation, was like on the brink of, of making the playoffs, you know? Um, and it's actually a similar situation to now because, like, if you look, let's be real, you sign a one-year deal, and a lot of guys who sign a one-year deal are thinking, like, all right, like, now it's time to reinvent myself. And for me, that's just not the case. Like, for me, I, I want to do whatever it takes to win, you know? And I think more comes out of going into a situation with that mindset as opposed to I'm going to get out there and, and do mine and do get mine and do mine and, and get my numbers and this, that, and the third. But I feel like you truly get better. Uh, I feel like everyone truly gets better when you go in a situation thing, thinking like, what can I really do to to help this ball club win? What Some is, of the, go ahead, Mike. I was going to pivot to like, you spent a lot of time in Philadelphia, sometime in Philadelphia as a kid, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you went to West Town That's and right. you, I'm sure had an eye on the Sixers over your time in the league, especially. Yes, sir. All right, I'm just going to go for it. <laughs> you and me, Mo, we worked on a commercial together a couple weeks ago that I can't talk about <laughs> yep. because we both signed an NDA. So I'm not yep. going to say anything about it. It has, doesn't come out. But at that commercial, I told yep. you, we, t- we talked. And you were very good in it, by the way. Uh, I was impressed. Um, We talked and I said, I need you. The Sixers haven't had a stretch five in (laughs) an incredibly long time. And a guy who's willing to take those threes on volume. The Sixers over the past five years, you haven't. You've seen them not have that and then would love to need that. So do you look at... Did you look at the Sixers over the, over this time and like with you and your agent and everything like and go that is something that I can provide for this team as a you know unicorn type shot blocking and outside shooting big man is that something that was uh relevant to you and when you signed there? You know Mike you you brought up a, a really funny term that's been thrown around a lot especially in the last 7 years of basketball is unicorn like mm-hmm. what what is a unicorn nowadays? Like you see guys do everything nowadays, you know, but it, it wasn't so much more come in and, and, and think like, oh, okay, I want to shoot threes and do this. Like, obviously like when you're backing up the MVP, like you got to have a base, you know, like the type of offense that they ran last year, would obviously be a little different this year with, with coach nurse, but 
you know, our offense is going to be predicated around a lot of like, you know, of his isolations and his post-ups and everything. And my thing is, you know, when I come into the game, like, I'm not thinking like, okay, I need to have the same amount of production as, as Joe, but I'm thinking like, let me have a, a solid base, a solid foundation so that there's not, that there's no drop off when I come into the game. Um, as far as like shooting and stretching the floor, like it's something that I obviously work on every off season. Um, and something that I kind of want to continue to do. I think that it brings a different dimension to this to this team that they haven't had in some time. Um, but it's also a matter of just not getting out there and getting too cute and, you know, having a balance of getting out there, stretching the floor, but also doing the dirty work. It, a, a lot of the criticism of you has been like sort of almost effort-based. You know, like that, um, you, whether you're passive or you're not trying hard enough on, I, I guess, a two-pronged question. One, what is, what is, I guess, your response to that criticism? And then two, I guess, on a, a more personal level, level, what is, what does it feel like to have people criticize effort? Um, well, you know? Yeah, I think, I think you have to look at where why that comes where right. where it comes from as far as like why yep. um i think the why is you know you have a kid who, who or a, a guy who did well in high school um a lot of like you know i don't know if it was a compliment or a back-ended compliment but let's just chalk it up to compliments like oh okay you have this guy who's super well outspoken um he's well spoken outspoken um this guy could be like a senator this guy can be this or a broadcaster and this and Sure, like it sounds good, but it's also like super reductive because I know at the end of the day, a lot of these NBA teams and coaches, they want a simple foot soldier, you know? Um, and if you check my track record, if you check like kind of who I am since I've been in high school, like, you know, I'm a winner that wants to do everything that that, that goes into winning, you know? Um, but then you got to look at the reality of it. Like there's things that I absolutely need to work on as far as like, fixing that stigma um mm -hmm. at times like i watch trust me <laughs> i watch myself more than than anyone um especially like immediately after the game like i need to work on my body language i need to work on my multiple efforts i need to work on a lot of things and that's all fair criticism and that's all stuff that that i take internally and that i want to work on but you know let's 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 pull it back a little bit more like i think a lot of it is, is it comes down to a question of do this guy love the game? And right. I just want to kind of paint the picture of kind of what my everyday looks like. Let's let's look at what I did yesterday, which is typically what I do every day. I wake up, um, I have a super high protein shake and breakfast. I walk my dog and then I head over to the to the facility. Our workout starts at 11. I get there like around 930 to do three things. Uh, I shoot. I lift and I get a little treatment. I, I get on the table, which I learned, which is very important in the league if you want to last at least. Um, and then from there, uh, that goes about an hour and a half, which leads us right into our workout. Um, and our workout, we work out as a team. Like we do our stations and our drills, and then we play a little bit from 11 to 12:30. And immediately after, you know, we end at 12:30, do a little bit more treatment. I eat, and then I'm driving. 50 minutes back over to Westchester where I went to school because I have a really good PT out there. And then from there, um, I do PT, I have another meal. Um, I come home for about 30 minutes and then I find myself heading out the door again. 
to to head to a to a workout, a private workout with just me and my trainer. Um, and then from there, I come home, eat, rinse, and repeat. You know, you tell me, does does that sound like someone who loves the game? <laughs> right. And that's every day, you know. But again, it comes from just like the stigma of just uh, not the stigma, but just the the oh, he's well he's well spoken and. You know, he, he can do much more than just basketball. But to be honest, like I'm I'm happy and I'm and I'm fine with being just basketball, you know, because you only get this short amount of time in your career to where yeah. you can really capitalize off of you being an athlete. And I'm all in for that. But um, there, there have um, been a lot of players <clears throat> in a lot of sports. It's actually baseball that I, I see it a lot where the way somebody carries themselves leads people to believe that, that there's effort there. Like even the way somebody runs, there are, there was a, uh, there were plenty of baseball players that would outfielders that would glide a certain way rather than sort of like running through the wall. And they appear to be not working as hard. There is something about basketball that I think the other sports it almost seems like you can, there are players that are great at it that aren't thinking about that sport all the time. Well, well Spike, basketball is super intimate. We get so yeah. much more FaceTime, you know, yeah. football, they're obviously wearing helmets, um, soccer, the cameras panned out, you know, yeah. a bunch of yards away. Basketball is super intimate. So like fans, GMs, coaches, everyone, they really read into like your facial expressions and just like how, how you move and, it's something that I definitely need to work on and I definitely need to do a better job of conveying like the message of like, like not only am I into this, but like, you know, I'm, I'm out there like that my life is on a line, you know? Um, but it's, it's something, it's another challenge and it's something that I'm, um, you know, willing to work on and, and it's been pointed out. We take a break from this podcast with Mo Bamba to tell you about big Barker therapeutic dog beds, you know, off the pod, Mo showed us the bed that his dog sleeps on. Mm-hmm. Simply not good enough. Not good enough, Mo. It's not good enough, Mo. See, the big Barker dog bed is better. It is the best because it keeps your dog healthier. Your dog's health is so important. Your dog's health, your dog's happiness, incredibly important. And big Barker will raise the health and happiness of your dog. Go to bigbarker.com slash Ricky. Bigbarker.com slash Ricky. You get the big barker. You get two process pup patches so your dog can be an official process pup. And I said, it'll make your dog healthier and happier. Been proven, not just me bullshitting. PenVet did a study, almost a 20% improvement in joint function, over a 20% reduction in pain severity, a 12% reduction in joint stiffness, an improvement in gait, All of that happens because the bed is engineered by experts to support your dog's joints. It is a real mattress, a real bed, not a glorified pillow. I I always say this, but it's true. Imagine you sleep on a bad mattress. Imagine you sleep on the floor on a pillow. Think about how you're going to feel the next day. Then imagine you do that over and over and over your whole life. You, your dog needs the reps of a real bed. Get them big Barker. It's called big, but they have dog. They have beds for dogs of every size from the Barker Jr. all the way up to the extra large. Um, just go to the site. You'll see all the different colors, all the different, you know, iterations you can get with the headrest, without the headrest. It's a great, great, great bed. Bigbarker.com slash Ricky. 10-year warranty. The foam doesn't flatten or they replace it for free. One-year at-home trial. If you don't like it for any reason, they will give you a full refund and even pay for the shipping. Handmade in the USA. Big Barker. Dog bed. 
back to Mo. You've mentioned players and the league or co- fans, coaches, whatever. Do you think that that stuff translates to other players or do you think players understand, look, that's just Mo? Or, or do you think it, that sometimes some of that can lead them to believe that, you're, that you feel a certain way? It's both. I think if you know me and, and a lot of like GMs, smarter GMs who, who know me and who understand like who I am and, and who feel me, understand that you know it, it doesn't necessarily mean this but if you don't know me like it's easy to just say like easy to just you know have a a quick judgment of just like all right this guy's not working hard enough what is it like when you're watching yourself on tape you said you watch yourself more than anybody and i'm sure that's true when you're looking at yourself do something that you're not you're like oh i fucked up there like yeah. well oh, this miss a rotation or like yeah. oh i should have cut here or whatever it is like what is yeah. it what are you feeling as you're going through because it would drive me insane well i lied there's two people who watch me more than anybody else and that's my agent and my trainer yeah. <laughs> i think i'm third um it might be you know yeah yeah might be neck and neck but um it's it's at first it was tough i didn't watch nearly as much film of myself as I, as I was supposed to when I first got into the league. It took about until year three when I started getting like consistent, consistent minutes to really just sit there and be like, all right, this isn't as cringy. Because, you know, it's like, you know how you get on a mic in, in front of a bunch of people for the first time and you talk and you're just like, damn, this is what I sound like? Yeah, sure, and then you yeah. go and like watch yourself yeah. play. It's like, damn, this is what I look like. This is what I thought I looked like. <laughs> I thought I looked so cool when I'm doing <laughs> but I, But yeah. I didn't. But it, it's, it's, yeah. it's tough. But it's something that you again you kind of grow up in the league and it becomes like kind of second nature and um it's almost like you just know like all right like i know when i'm about to to mess up and you know like you start to get like all right at four minutes and 34 seconds i know that i was supposed to x out to the corner but instead of going to the corner i went to the wing you know it it just becomes kind of second nature honestly nothing I've ever done in my life has looked as good on tape as I thought it looked in my mind. And I'm not pointing out anything in specific. I'm just saying that in my mind, everything I've ever done has looked better than it actually has when I watch video. <laughs> and Spike films, films himself having a lot of sex, which is yeah. what he's referring to. <laughs> you just took it there. Yeah, <laughs> you took it. I didn't know. Hey, listen, I didn't know what kind of, you know, what kind of show you guys are right here, but all right, Very I honest. I see what's going podcast. on Comedy writer. Comedy writer over here. All right. Uh, you mentioned Nick Nurse a bunch of times. This is obviously, we we have been, as Sixers fans, just annoyed by him and now are thrilled to have him on our side. How much does a coach matter in the NBA? It matters a ton. Because um, you think about guys and like a lot of things go into what makes a player successful. There's just timing. Obviously, there's work. Without a doubt, there's always going to be like, does this guy put in work? Is he putting enough work? And is he putting in more than enough work? You know? Um, and then there's timing, you know, obviously like if you're a rookie coming in and you got an all-star in front of you, like it's going to take some time for you to like, kind of, you know, develop and, and shine. Um, and then a lot. And I think the third thing is just the coach, the coaching situation, having buy-in from a coach is huge, you know? Um, and some people might argue that that's both good and bad, but, you know, I think that it's good because having somebody who not only believes in your game, but wants to see you succeed and who has that much power in, 
you know, gatekeeping those things is is huge. Um, with Coach Nurse, I was excited to even kind of see that there was a mutual interest for early on in, in free agency that uh, Philly, that we were going to get something done here in Philly because I just knew that Nick Nurse is a mastermind. Um, his championship team featured two bigs, and he made it work. Serge, uh, and Serge Ibaka and uh, Marcus Saul. Um, and he's just known to be just one of the most creative kind of unorthodox coaches out there who's willing to just say, all right, like it doesn't take him long before he's seeing something doesn't work to fix it, you know, and believe it or not, a lot of coaches in the league are stubborn in, in their way of thinking like, nah, this, this, this worked before. And this is going to like this. I'm going to make sure this works with this team. But mm-hmm. part of being successful as a coach is knowing like personnel changes and, and, you know, this league is evolving in such like a, a intelligent way that you need to be a step ahead. Was that a factor in you wanting to sign here in the sense that Nurse has been willing to play like multiple big lineups, whether it's Gasol and Ibaka or like Chris Boucher, uh, who had in Toronto for a, for a long time, was also very like tall, uh, four or five who can shoot um, alongside, you know, Yaka Pearl or whatever. Um is that something that you felt like, well, they have Paul Reed here, but also maybe we play together. Is that something that, that you thought of together? Absolutely. But I think at the same time, I also had to take a look in the mirror and make sure that I'm staying on top of my game as much as possible to where coach is able to feel comfortable enough to, to throw out these different lineups. Um, but he, again, he's one of the most creative coaches in the league. I watched in summer league coach, I asked the guys who actually played out in summer league too. And a lot of like the stuff that they were doing mirrors what we're doing now. Um, I remember he didn't coach uh, the game that I texted him. He wasn't coaching summer league, but I texted him and I'm looking at, I'm sitting there for at least like five possessions. I'm trying to figure out like, what defense is this? You know? And I was like, is it, a t-? I'm arguing with my trainer. I'm like, is it a two, three? And he's like, I'm like, nah, it's not a two, three. Like there's somebody at the top of the, that's like tracking the ball and I'm a text coach and I'm like, this is a one, three, one, isn't it? He's like, yeah, this is going to be huge for for you and Joe, you and Paul, you know, to see that he's thinking about this in summer league in July, you know, months before the real deal. It it really, it really gives you reassurance that this guy is really willing to do whatever to, to make sure that this thing is flowing right. I love that. You like watching summer league basketball? I'm a I like watching the first couple of days of summer league basketball, but yeah. it's either you have to catch summer league in the very beginning yes. or the very end. Because yeah. if you catch it like in that in between where guys are just like, that's when the guys is like sometimes in summer league, like there's guys where they sign and they tell them, like, listen, they're not going to play the first two games, but like game three and four, like, you know, we're going to, we're going to sub you in. And those guys are like hungry. Like this, this is like my shot. This is my tryout. So it gets a little sloppy, but towards the championship and towards, you know, the end when it's something to play for, it, yeah. it looks a little bit more realistic. That's when like a six, three power forward is like, I'm getting my jumper off. <laughs> I'm taking, the, I'm taking this step back you from a 19 footer. You said it, man. It's so it. long. I, uh, I remember this year I, I went for two days and yeah. it seemed like six weeks later, I saw a summer league score and I was like, how is this still going? It just seems like it, it's the it goes and goes and goes. It is, but it's, it's free basketball after like weeks of no basketball. Yeah. This is that time of the, the, the summer where you're just like, I need to watch like a ball go in. I need to watch mm-hmm. something, you know? And sometimes it's, it's, I like watching the teams that have 
a lot of second year guys. Like the Hornets, to me, was I mean, I don't think they won nearly as much as they should have in summer league, but they were fun to watch because these are guys who I've played against. You know, you had like James Booknight and you had um, Kai Jones and some of like, I guess, second, even third year guys in there. And to me, that's a little bit more realistic to to watch. You, One more thing on the coach. I, rem- I asked this of Daryl Morey, for some reason, was on this podcast when he was president of the Houston Rockets. Yep. from the bubble. And I asked him if he could have a coach who was only excellent at one thing, mm-hmm. either strategy or personality management. Yeah. If I'm asking you, what would you rather have? So I was out in Egypt with, with, um, BWB and the coaches that were out there was, uh, I believe Chauncey Billups, okay. Willie Green. I was assistant for Willie Green or Willie Green was my assistant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Um, and uh, Steve Kerr and also okay. Chris, Chris Finch. And I was sitting down, we were scouting and I was scouting with, uh, with Steve Kerr and I asked him, I was like, listen, like, obviously like you're one of the best coaches for me of all time, because like, I know what it really boils down to. Like it is hard to get X player to mesh with Y player when you know that their game styles don't really work together. So I asked him, I was like, what percentage of basketball do you think is personality management? Hmm. He looked at me and he was like, I'm thinking he's going to say like 60, like something closer to like 50. He was like 85%. Yeah. 85%. And like, you can see it because like, it's, it's obviously like you can have the best of best X and O's out there. But at the end of the day, like if you don't get buy-in from a guy from your first, from your second best player to your first best player, like, it's going to be tough, you know, but, um, to answer your question, I mean, especially the way where the NBA is moving now with like, it's, it's become so much more of like a player's league and having that buy, having that buy-in from a coach, from, from coach to player is huge, but also having that buy-in from player to coach is, is just as monumental. It's just as big. So I'm going to say like, uh, I'm going to say like having that, that, player like kind of relationship and that that personality is is important but at the same time i don't want to put on a back burner like x and o's because like it it will suck to have a coach drawn up 77 during a 77 is double drag a double drag during a two and a half minute timeout and you're just like we're supposed to go out there and like outsmart these guys and we're not getting what we need to get x and o's but but personalities and, and it, it works a long way. Yeah. Are you, um, when you're, when you're like, you're, uh, the role man in a pick and roll part in a pick and roll game mm-hmm. a lot, whether that's pick and roll, pick and pop. Um, I'm sure there will be some, some, uh, double drag action there with you and, and, and B ball Paul when you're playing together. Oh, yeah. Um, what do you look for and what do you like? I, like you hear a lot of times about, you know, take Trey Young as an example. Such an easy lob threat, uh, lob throwing threat. Mm-hmm. What do you look for in a in a guard trying to get you the ball in a place where you can score it? Because Maxi is a guy that you're probably going to play with a, a decent amount. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the fastest players in the league, developing as a as a creator for others. What what are you like? 
How's that conversation go when you're like, I want the ball here, or this is how I can help, or that rhythm together when you guys play? <clears throat> so obviously, like, I try to put myself in, in the guard shoes <laughs> and knowing, like, what kind of player have they always played with. Like, Joe is, is – Joe's not rolling through the room for lobs anymore, no. or if he ever was. Like, ever he, was. he's no. more of just like, – <laughs> he like he, He's more of just, like, give me the ball, give me the ball like – in my like kind of face up area and I'm going to get you a bucket rightfully like he really is this guy's the MVP um b-ball is more of like he's not really a lob threat he's more of like a dump off type guy um he's actually become more of a, a pick and pop type threat um especially this summer he's worked a ton on his jump shot um, love it and then there's me where I feel like I can be both a pop guy and I can be both a lob guy but sometimes when you develop a relationship as one or the other first Guys expect you to either pop or they expect you to either be there for the lob. Um, I worked out with Reese um, last week and we just did pick and roll. We did side pick and rolls. We did like three different situations on the side pick and roll, three different situations in the middle, and then three different situations on the on the other side. And I was just kind of just gaining familiarity with him, with him. And one thing that is really not talked about enough with his game. I don't know if he just added it this summer, but guys are either pick and roll guys as far as just like they're coming off as a ball handler and dribbling that thing. And then they create or guys are either like flash guys. Like they'll just kind of pass it to you and then they'll come off like quickly. Reese is both. And that is really hard to guard, especially like nothing moves quicker than the ball. Like as fast as he is, nothing moves quicker than a ball. And for him to be able to just like quick touch and then go and follow and then I can screen and then I can get downhill and he's thinking lob, he's thinking, uh, you know, pocket pass, he's thinking pop back. Like that changes the dimension of how many things we can do offensively. And, you know, it's just something that I'm excited to, to get out there and do. Um, but I definitely wanted to establish the relationship as, as, you know, one or the other. And I think the more important thing to establish myself as early on is, is a roller lob threat. Um, I think I've always been underutilized as a lob threat. I think the most I ever caught in the season was 13. I think for somebody to be considered uh, a decent lob guy as a big is probably somewhere between 40 and 50. And then you have the Clint Capellas of the world who's catching like close to like 90. Um, in my head, I remember in Orlando, I asked one of the assistant coaches, I was just like, I probably caught like 40 lobs last year. And then I looked at the number, it was like, no, 13. Dump offs obviously don't count. Mm -hmm. But I think being a lob threat and being the guy who's putting that constant pressure on the rim at, while you roll, while I'm rolling is, is going to add another dimension to, to what we can do as a team. I love that. I love that answer. The Sixers <laughs> as a team caught 20 lobs last year. So if you can get if you can get me twenty yourself, I will feel really good. You said thirteen I'll, is your record. I'm, I'm going to hold you to at least at least more than that. This, uh, yeah, that this, would be this, for me. There's definitely room for growth and catching more lobs. It seems like an easy play, but guys are getting better at pick and rolls. Just turn into two on one defense, and guys are getting better at kind of baiting guys in. You're always told as the the pick and roll defender if you're defending the big to not let the roller behind you. Whenever the roller gets behind you, it's typically a lob. Clint Capella does an elite, elite job of getting out of those screens and getting behind, and that's why. I mean, he's also having an elite pass from Trey Young. Yeah, but that's why he's able to, to get behind, and get those lobs. But that's what that's why it feels like you and Maxi is such a 
great pick and roll pairing, especially when Embiid's on the bench, because he's one of the fastest players with the ball in his hands. Mm-hmm. You are so long as a as a roller and a lob threat, and also capable of that pick and pop. So like the defense just can't know they can't guard all of it at once. Yeah, and that to me is something that I'm excited about. As a you know, Mike, I, we we all love the idea of it, but at the end of the day, like at some point, the rubber's going to meet the road, and you just got to go out there and, and just do it. I'm in. We take this quick break from our podcast with our very own Mo Bamba. The Ricky's own Mo Bamba. The Ricky's own Mo Bamba. Mo Bamba of the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast. He'd be a good podcaster. He will be. I think so. Yeah. Mortgage CS, man, what a, a trusted partner Mortgage CS is to us. We, I love hearing when we take on a, a partner like Mortgage CS and we hear from our listeners and they talk about how good they are and how valued they feel and how, how much better they are you know, in the realm that they're reaching out for. Like Mortgage CS is making Ricky listeners more educated about mortgages, um, feel better about it, more comfortable. Stress goes down. See, Mortgage CS is an independent mortgage broker. They're not a lender. What a lender does is give you the money. What a broker does is they go to the banks and find find you your mortgage. The most important thing about Mortgage CS being independent is that they don't have deals with any of these banks. So, you know, you go to a different mortgage broker, they could send you to a bank that they have like sort of a, a deal with, and it might benefit them more than it benefits you, not Mortgage CS. They are only invested in you. We've heard it from every Ricky listener that has gone there. The other thing is they're always there for you, always responsive. Ben, the CEO, this is a cell phone number. I'm giving you the CEO cell phone number. You can text them right now if you want. Ask them about Mobamba. 267-391-7425. 267-391-7425. He's available anytime. Whoever's working with you at Mortgage CS is available anytime, morning, noon, night. That's important. I don't know if you've ever bought a house, but you could need a pre-qualification letter at night. You need it on the weekend. You might have a question. They are there. Right now, with mortgage rates higher than they've been in years, having crazy, it's it is crazy having a partner like Mortgage CS that can help navigate that for you. Super, super, super important. Go to mortgagecs.com/ricky. You see the amazing little microsite they've set up with all the drawings on them. Us on there, Ship of Theseus, Rebels on there. Go to mortgagecs.com/ricky. You can set up a, a meeting or just call or text Ben two six seven three nine one seven four two five anytime, even right now. Check out all their five-star reviews on Google. Just the best. We love Mortgage CS. This advertisement is not a commitment to lend or extend credit. Mortgage CS is an equal housing opportunity mortgage broker. All loans are subject to credit approval. Certain restrictions may apply. Company NMLS 1464766. Visit mortgagecs.com slash Ricky for more information. Back to Mo. Mike challenged Tobias Harris to dunk more during last season and it almost instantly worked. So, so he started thinking about me when, when he was going up for it. I could tell. I could Tobias, tell. Tobias and Reese. So in, in, I guess lately, I don't know if this has always been a thing again, I'm new here, but mm-hmm. they got like this thing where Reese isn't afraid to throw him off. And Tobias, he goes, I mean, he's not the prettiest of dunkers, but <laughs> <laughs> he's kind of more of like a, you know, the mellow flush. Sure. The mellow, he's like yeah. more of that, but yeah. he, he gets up there. He, he, he finishes the lot. You know, often. So I'm going to give you a date and I want you to tell me if you, if you think, you know, maybe what happened on this date. Oh boy. All right. All right. So August 16th, 2018. Okay, so you know. All I know right. where this is going. I know okay. where this is going. So on August, August, I, I, I've, 
I was trying to get the best part of this, but I have to play you some audio. It's about three minutes of audio. <laughs> so August 16th, 2018. This is going to be like him watching tape of himself. He doesn't like doing it. <laughs> it's, it's not even be... mostly you. Honestly, it's not even mostly you. So August <laughs> and, 16th. And, and also, not this is not your fault. So this is not no, us showing you anything no, that you no. did wrong. You, you <laughs> should know that this has been talked about on this podcast so many uh, times. Of I've, I've, I've heard. I've yeah, heard. A big I've, 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 okay. So August 16th, 2018. JJ Reddick releases a podcast with you as a guest, you know, just after you got drafted. Yeah. And he opens up the podcast. And here is what happens. This is about three minutes. Of- can, I, can I just say something real quick? <laughs> yeah, please. Can I just say something real quick? Please. <laughs> what a way to open yes. a podcast with a rookie. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I, I what had, a way. Let's just let's just put that yeah, out there. Because I knew you were a rookie, but hearing it was in August, I did not realize that you had not played a game yet. Yeah. And no. That's go even that's go even harder. So here we go. I had a um I had a photo shoot. Do you Mo, do you read or uh, or use mrporter.com? Have you ever heard of it? No. It's like an online uh men's website. It's a sort of a lifestyle brand. They you know, you can sell or uh, buy buy clothing home items, watches, everything. So they do like a journal. So I did a photo shoot for them yesterday, um, September issue, September 25th. Um, And at the end of the shoot, they had set up a driver for me. So we come downstairs out of the apartment we were shooting at in Chelsea and I knock on the door and the guy (laughs) kind of leans out and he's like, "Uh, are you JJ Reddick? And I'm like, yeah. So he... um, I'm like, hey, I got to put my bag and they had given me a gift. So I got to put my bag and, and stuff in the back. So he's like, all right. So he gets out of the car, he opens the trunk. And as I'm like leaning in to put my bag in there and Kylie, my sister-in-law and my wife, Kylie's twin is my wife. Uh, the three of us were like in the back. And so I, I put my stuff in the back. Kylie put her stuff in the back. And I was like, ah, it smells kind of weird. It wasn't like a bad smell. Like it didn't smell like dog food or dog shit. It was just like a weird smell. Mm. And at the time, I didn't think anything of it. So get in the car. We get from Chelsea to like financial district. We're on the corner of Murray and Broadway. And Chelsea or Kylie is in the back seat. It's a a bucket seat Escalade with the long wheelbase of the big trunk. Mm. And Kylie taps me on the shoulder. I turn around and she's like pale as a ghost. And she's like, there's a person in the back. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, what? There's a body in the back and she's like no there's a person in the back so i glance over my shoulder and there's a there's like a blanket like a big blanket and a cage or box i'm not really sure because the blanket was covering it and then there's like clearly something underneath the blanket at this point it hadn't moved yet (laughs) and uh so kylie's like sir can you please pull over so he pulled over on the corner there and we jumped out of the car immediately (laughs) And Chelsea's kind of like, doesn't know what's going on. She's like, you know, what's happening? And, and I'm like, sir, as I was getting in the car, I noticed the blanket was moving. So I'm like, sir, you have something in, in the trunk of your car. Do you know what that is? Is there something in your trunk of your car? And he's like, no, no, I don't have anything back here. And I say, well, can I get my stuff out? So he pops the trunk and I like kind of as fast as I can, because it's New York City. You don't know, like, I've seen this blanket move. I don't know what this is. Is it a, is it a python? <laughs> and then he closes the trunk. And as he's like walking around to the front seat, a head pops up. <laughs> it's the, no, this is not funny. There's, there's a back of a female's head. It's she's blonde hair. There's a ponytail 
And based on the size of the box or cage that this person is in, it's like either like a very small human or a child. Okay. So my, my question to you is twofold. That was so uncomfortable to listen to now. <laughs> Could you imagine like as a rookie, you're, you're already coming into his thinking like, oh shit, like JJ Reddick, like, you know, nice. Like, this is, this is yeah. Cool. I mean, he's an iconic player. He really he's is. He's a veteran in the league at the time. Very well known, very respected. And, and keep in mind, the only reason why he laughed a couple of times too. And the yes, people absolutely. in the studio were laughing too. So don't, don't, don't well, get it twisted. But two, 100%. he was saying this story with a fucking smirk on his face. <laughs> <laughs> like, Bro, my question is, what what psychotic, not name calling, but like what goes through somebody's head to say, I just met this person. This is going to be recorded. This is a young person that just came into the league. I'm going to open it up with this story. By the way, have you heard about that men's fucking website yet? <laughs> and then, and then, and then at the end, when he laughs, fucking yell at him for laughing no what is going on here to to jj's credit (laughs) if this had happened to either one of y'all y'all are telling the world about this yeah yeah fair and like when 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 is the appropriate time to like kind of drop this you know like you're gonna talk about it like whenever you 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 deem is 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 fit but like (laughs) now for me i was just kind of just like there's no way this is a real story i thought it was just like podcast and the camera's on drama you know like you uh, apparently like this was real and and i mean again you can know like he mentioned like later on in the pod later on in the story like you kind of want to just hope for the best and just hope that the person in the back is trying to catch a free ride or, or, or something but looking i was thinking about this looking back on this i was just like like kind of like i didn't know what was going on <laughs> it is look it's worth obviously putting aside any like bigger concerns about what was happening back there. Yeah. That which like yes, of we're course, putting that to the side. Of obviously. course, that's not the funny part. Like yeah, that's yeah. none of that is funny. Yeah. But it's really funny for him to say funny for me, not funny for you. Funny for me to hear him say tell the story like it's funny. He's gearing up, like he's got the punchline coming in, and you're just like uh-huh like when are we gonna get to talking about like what the nba is like and, and he's just like look i understand like you're gonna tell that story and you and you're jj reddick and you have a podcast but you can talk to your producer friend about it on the front end and not being like mo's gonna love this this is such a mo story he's gonna fucking lose his mind it's great he's gonna give me exactly the reaction that i want out of this I'm not disagreeing with you, but I feel like if that if if that happened, first of all, let's talk about this. It's New York. Think yeah. I've seen weirder things in New sure, York. Sure, for sure. You know, yeah, especially sure. someone grew, who grew up in New York. Like I, I've seen weirder things and stranger things, but like there's so much like kind of questions <laughs> in that story. But again, you kind of want to just hope for the best. With <laughs> yeah. that. I don't know, man. Yeah. Did he apologize <laughs> to you after or later or ever? Not, there, there was there was no need to apologize. It was it was I just, disagree. <laughs> Mo, I disagree. I don't know. It, it was it was imagine definitely something me having build. Imagine me having young <laughs> six foot nine Jaden Springer on this podcast <laughs> and telling that sweet kid, hey, here's this horrible thing. And like telling him like it's a joke. And the only reaction is like, did you call? Someone? Did you tell anyone or no, are you, you telling gotta, me you gotta, this story? You got it. You got it. You guys, 
whoever's watching this, you got to go back and listen to like the the first, the last. You know, I think it was like the first five minutes of it. Yeah, he was trying to kind of listen to like how the story just set up. He, and he was like, "Well, anyway." Well, <laughs> that's the best part. Is that the end? He just goes like, "Well, that's nothing. We're not. We're ever going to hear about again." And on to the rest of the interview. The 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 transition was unbelievable. I think he, he did more than his part with like his wife. Obviously, went above and beyond. Called like the FBI tip line. I think she mentioned. But um, yeah, it, it was just so far left field, and rookie me was just. <laughs> <laughs> it was like <laughs> such a tough spot to put you in man and tough. what a treat that we get to talk to you about it right now this is well, a, this is a joy when have you talked to anybody have you talked about this before on a since on a podcast no but um it's it's been someone brought actually somebody recently brought it up to me it was just like yo like do you remember like um it was a uh, one of our um massage therapists she was just like because jj was in philly i think uh-huh. at, the, at the time or something yeah. like that and he was yeah. just like yeah he told us this story and everything and i figured like by the time he told her the story it was more of just like it's been settled but you know i guess is probably one of the biggest question marks just kind of left. like what <laughs> yeah. realistically like what do you do in this situation like do you like make it like I-, I wouldn't know what to do no there's a lot of there's a lot of things that you wouldn't know to do and, and fair ones but what the the right thing to do isn't to tell a rookie it to it on the podcast <laughs> that's maybe not i'm not gonna lie like i, I don't know if i would have been on a record telling a rookie this or, or not but uh, if something like that happened to me like um i gotta let somebody know you, yeah, something like sure. that you don't you don't keep bottled it so for sure. I, I don't i don't and, blame JJ and, and that's it. part of the nba culture right in like 10 years when you're jj's age at the time you're gonna corner some poor rookie and tell him <laughs> a story that he doesn't know how to react to and then you're gonna get mad at him when he laughs because you're laughing with him Oh, man. When, when I was, I, I don't know if he told you this, but when I was talking to your guy about the, the, um, the interview, I was like, look, there's, we're going to treat him right. There's one thing I have to fucking ask him though. I absolutely <laughs> have to, we, this is, it's all come to us talking to Mo Bamba about the person in a cage story. It's all, it's all here. Bro, so, I look, looking back at it, I looked like a complete jackass laughing about that. But. No, no, dude, what, what you can't, there's nothing you can do. We he felt bad for you from like the beginning. Joke. Yeah. And, the, and, and the podcast, so let's go find out what's really going on here. That, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's probably the, the, the yeah, for real. We're, we're taping this on uh, Wednesday night, and the Bucks just traded for Damian Lillard six hours ago. Yeah, what was your reaction when you heard your first reaction? Uh, so I was at the facility mm-hmm. um, when it kind of happened, and I heard like kind of like you know it was going to happen any day now, like something yeah. was going to happen, and then I heard like somebody like say you know Dame's name out loud, and I'm like, oh, let me. Let me let me check my Twitter real quick. I refresh it, and I guess it must have just happened fast on his phone and my phone. And then I look, and I'm like, "Oh wow, Dame's heading to Milwaukee." And to me, that's I mean, it doesn't get much more of a blockbuster trade than that, or much more of a woge bomb than that. But you know, I'm happy they, they. I'm happy. I'm guessing all teams feel pretty happy about you know what they got back in return. Um, and I'm happy I kind of got resolved that way. You know guys can go into new situations they're they're a really good team milwaukee brooke lopez is a guy that has a relatively similar skill set to you mm-hmm. is is he a player you know you can also any like jump shooting big like miles turner's obviously brought up a bunch of times but like mm-hmm. another texas guy but but brooke is so helpful to uh 
Giannis and, and to those, you know, Dame will be helpful to Dame as a, as a small guard, not known for his defense. Do you, what, what do you look at when you look at a player like Brooke Lopez is like, that's something that I can take for myself or learn from. Well, I just set aside. I just look at the evolution of Brooke Lopez. That man, I mean, he leads the Nets in all time franchise points. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that's going to change for, for at least a little bit more time now. Um, but you just look at the evolution of his game. That guy started as a back to the basket, like, and then he slowly like added in some like face up stuff. And then he started, you know, shooting more three balls. And then he's, you know, it's just, I think a lot of that has to do with coaching style because uh, he wasn't in as deep of, of a drop as he was, you know, now that he's in Milwaukee. But as you look at his game, there's just a lot of things that you can kind of admire. Um, and I think he's going to be super helpful for, for Dame, especially in that in that drop coverage. But I think people are kind of overlooking how helpful. Obviously, you look at, all right, he spaces the floor for Giannis. Like, you're taking out a five-man who was the biggest person on the floor, and now they're stretched out guarding Brook Lopez. Uh, but defensively, he allows – he takes that team to another level because he has such unique rim protection. Um, his rim protection is, is not talked about enough. Um, it's not talked about nearly as much as his outside shooting, but, you know, it's definitely somebody that I look at and just say, like, I can definitely have this kind of impact um, out there on the floor is, is, is Brooke. Yeah, and he was second last year in shooting. I, I looked this up. This is one of the stats I looked up for a future pod spike. We'll talk about it. Oh, yeah, down the, the stats road. spot. Got some yeah. stats. But Brooke Lopez d- uh, defending the rim yeah. uh, last year was uh, second in opponent field goal percentage, second to Jaron Jackson, who won, who won defensive player year. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think Brooke, when I look at Giannis, like Giannis gets to do the stuff Giannis can do on defense because mm-hmm. he knows he has one of the best rim protectors behind him. And I think that you look at Joe, I mean, I don't know how if Joel would be honest about it, but Brooke shuts down Joel a lot and makes it hard on him. So did Marcus Ole in, in Toronto, like made it really hard on him to get what he gets. And uh, as a, as a similar kind of type of player, yeah. Um, and you go one on one with Joel and practice a lot. I'm I'm interested to see if that that's something that that Joel can work with. Also, I think I think a part of it. Uh, I can speak on the rim protection piece of it at least. Obviously, like their one on one defense is 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 elite too. I think Marcus saw Marcus saw when he was during that championship run. Like I saw it firsthand. Like how Booch had an All Star year, but yeah. during the playoffs, like Marcus saw kind of had his number um, because he just through different things that Vooch hasn't necessarily seen his combination of, of, um, of strength and, and just size was, was, was crazy. Um, but, uh, where was I going with this with Brooke? I don't think Brooke is necessarily out there trying to block shots. Yeah. You know, there's a difference between having a shot blocker and a rim protector. And I think most coaches and most teams want somebody who's going to be labeled more as a rim protector because that's somebody who, when you're trying to, when you're out there trying to block shots, you're swinging at the ball, and you obviously you're going to foul a lot more. When you're rim protecting, not only are you not fouling, but you're also keeping the ball in play, which leads to, you know, for us for the hockey view, is power play. <laughs> um, but <laughs> but you know, having that small thing in mind when you're going out there and contesting shots at the rim is, is it pays a huge part. Obviously, like you want to. You want to block a shot and send it to the third row, like it's a great feeling, but it really doesn't do much for your team if that team scores the very next possession. Yeah, it's it's wild. Like looking at Brook Lopez sometimes, and you noted that 
he's had two di- two separate careers almost, which is is crazy. Yeah. yeah. But he also, when you're looking at him, you're like, man, that motherfucker looks like he's impossible to move. Yeah. So, you, and that's you know? that's actually my second point is like you mentioned earlier in the podcast. You look at somebody and you just know, like, oh, like it's just Brooke. Like he moves slow. It's just, it's just Brooke. <laughs> you know, but he moves so efficiently. He moves slow, but he moves so efficiently. And I think all of his movements is not necessarily calculated, but it goes to use, you know? Mm. Do you want to do the, do you want to hit him with the jigsaw spike? Yeah. So we thank you for your time. I, I, I say that in, before I do this, because this, this part of the podcast, you know, made Brett Brown uncomfortable, the former Sixers coach, but yeah. we, we, you've been really generous with your time and I appreciate that. And we, um, we truly, you know, when things go bad, we we're real fucking whiny about it, but we truly want the best for you and want this year to be great. It's a weird start. Mm-hmm. Um, but once it gets going, um, like we, we're, we're happy that you're here and we really want you to thrive here and we Spike, want I, Philly to be a, a really important part of your story. So thank I you. I really, I really appreciate it. And I, I, those same words that you said, I felt from the city organization and, you know, just about everyone since the whiny part, <laughs> <laughs> not just, the whiny part, man. Not oh, the yeah. whiny part. So we do a thing called the jigsaw and it is a, just the worst. Would you rather's oh you could, you, yeah. So I, I was about to ask, like, how do you know Brett Brown was uncomfortable? But as soon as he said, would <laughs> you, you rather? That was, yeah. He was pretty clear about it. Yeah, we, we did it twice. The first time he was he was audibly uncomfortable, and the second time he actually ended the interview. So uh, <laughs> I'm going to go look at this. I'm 100 percent going to look at this. So I have two for you. First, we've never played the the actual the intro for anyone while they've been on the pod, but you're going to get the intro, and then I'm going to give you two jigsaws. Play. I will play this game. Game play. I will play this game. I miss you. I will play this game. I- I'm worried. Play. I will play this game. And after the game, they were interviewing him, and they said, "How does it feel to win the ultimate game?" And he said, "If it's the ultimate game, why are they playing it again next year?" All right, Mo, the ultimate game. Your first jigsaw. This actually came from a listener. We actually did a field of 64 of these once okay. just during the COVID shutdown. Your first option, you have to pick one of the two. You are on TV for your first late night interview. You shit yourself. When you realize, <laughs> when you realize what's happened, you jump up to run off stage and you slip on it. You fall ass first and it splats out of your pants. That is option one. Option two Everyone you know and have ever met gets a complete history of every internet search you've ever made. (laughs) (laughs) Which do you choose? Like the situation, like is this during like it's live on the on the TV show? Yes, everyone. Yep. It's hard to bounce back from that. I'm not gonna lie. (laughs) So everyone's getting your internet history. And then, all right, so with the internet history, like, every time I, like, shake a hand, like, they're, like, it comes up on their phone, like, this guy was watching, you know, yeah. stuff. Obama post-ups. Uh, yeah. yeah exactly. Obama high school post-ups. <laughs> exactly. Every search ever. I think, gosh. And this is, like, prom time, <laughs> Jay Leno, like. Yeah, sure, sure. Of, it's 2007. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> 
2007. Yeah, it's Johnny Carson. <laughs> I think I'm gonna go with the internet history. I, I'm. I don't. I don't wow. I don't get yeah. into that kind of. I think that stuff. that's right. Because look, I'm a. I search weird shit all the time. I'm a writer. It's just you just play it off. Like I was yeah. curious. I mean, I and, curious. and it's, it's a conversation starter, and, and the person knows starter. the person knows what they're getting themselves into when they yeah. when they ask about it. It's like yeah, right. I was watching Mo Bamba High School post ups. That's right. <laughs> All right, that's right. Here's the second one. Oh, there's more. Okay. Yeah, just we're giving. I'm giving you two. I'm sorry. Okay. It's you've been a good sport, so I'm taking advantage ah, of it. All right. Advantage, yeah. The fr- the Go first forward. one. For the rest of your life, your shower or your bath will never get warm enough. It will stay always just below what is comfortably <laughs> warm. Something wrong with you, man. <laughs> something wrong with you, okay. man. Okay. The other option. <laughs> Every morning, you must pour a full cup of maple syrup on your genitals. <laughs> you can't clean it off until you shower that evening. I'm going with the first one. because, okay. and, and I actually, I'll give you context to this too. So, <laughs> Why do you have context to this? No, because like, um, okay. recently I went and visited my, um, my girlfriend's parents uh, in like the middle of nowhere south of France. And like okay. it's real like villagey, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, we're out there, and I think the water on the second level of the the house, it the hot water cut off. So like, we were tasked with either you pick no shower or cold shower. And yeah. the first day it sucked. I was just like, yeah, like I can't do this. Like I'm about to go to the like river or something and like wash up in there or something. Mm-hmm. But um, after a while, like I got I got used to it, and now mm-hmm. every day. You're not gonna. You're gonna hate this answer because it's boring. But every day, every day when I wake up, I take a cold shower. Start my yeah. day. Oh, my wow. body, my body feels amazing. Huh. Like come out of the shower. Like I don't know. For the viewers, I think you guys should try it. I think it'll work. It's gonna suck the first day. It might suck the first four days, but once you get used to it, I think the benefits of it will. You'll 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 see the benefits of it. To start I did the day. occasional cold shower. I do like I like a pop of cold. I'll like flip it to cold before I before I get out. It's it's good stuff. Up. It's good stuff. And uh, well, I'm not gonna leave this out. To start, I used to do colder as I went on. Like it makes it a little bit easier. But sure. you you would feel you feel great coming out of the shower. Yeah, and I don't know that I want to sit. With maple syrup on my, <laughs> I'm not. No chance. I don't think that's a comfortable. No thing chance for me to be. No chance. Well, Mo, good luck, man. Have a, a great media day giving stock answers and then a great training camp, a great season. I need right. 20 lobs. I appreciate it. 20 lobs. I need 20 lobs and I need like, you know, 10 three-pointer three attempts per 36. Like I, need, <laughs> okay. I need a lot. Um, I, I need them hoisting. You and, B, you. you and B-Ball. Maybe you and B-Ball together. Mo Bamba was a delight, Mike. He was great. Yes, a delight. I hope he does well. Do you think he's going to hit your 20 lob directive? God, I really want him to. Tobias came just short yep. of what I asked him for last year, but I, he definitely was thinking about when he, as he does it. And now, and now, Mobamba will think of me as as he catches lobs and and rolls. Uh, yeah, he was great, and he was good in that commercial, which I uh, might be breaking an NDA by saying. <laughs> um, didn't seem to really remember me, although he did tell me at the time where he's living in Philadelphia right, right when we met, and I didn't say that on the podcast, and I won't. <laughs> um, but, uh, 
Yeah, he's a really nice guy. Really yeah, nice to talk he's to great. And I bet he didn't expect to be asked about pouring maple syrup on his genitals. I bet no, that was I mean, at this point, CJ should just tell tell future guests that you're going you to ask. <laughs> yeah, something like that. So good luck, Mo. We will talk to you this weekend. Are you done with TTP? Yeah. You know. Like this. If you don't fuck with me, then I won't fuck with you. If you don't fuck with me, then I won't fuck with you. But if you fuck with me, I'm gonna fucking kill you! Thanks for playing 